Hello everyone and welcome to Bear All, the brand new dating and sex podcast by open-minded dating app Bear. I'm Sophie, the host, and each week I'll be joined by a fab guest who'll be coming on and talking about all things sex and dating related. Grab a glass of wine, sit down and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to episode five of Bear All. This week we have a really really exciting guest and an exciting topic. We're going to be chatting about being a professional dominatrix and cam girl. Our wonderful guest is Mistress Sandy Starr, who's an expert and like I said is a, a professional uh, dominatrix and cam girl. Would you just mind like introducing yourself a little bit, explaining about your work? Yeah, sure. So my name is Mistress Sandy Starr. I am a professional dominatrix, so mistress, also a highly experienced webcammer as well. So I can perform either face-to-face sessions or through an adult platform where it's more of a um, cam kind of relationship so you may or may not see the customer in front of you uh, which can sometimes be a little bit more tricky but all of that said uh, the whole job itself is is a lot of fun (laughs) which I'm going to tell you about in a second. Yeah I can't wait to hear everything before we dive into all the questions we start off each episode with what we call the sex position game where we've got to try and guess slightly wacky sex position so okay. in all the other episodes I've not done particularly well I've come up with I think I've come up with cool names but they just haven't been quite right so um I'm just gonna open that up now okay the try and guess guess what it is so the name of the sex position so yeah the, the aim of the game is to see if either of us can correctly name this slightly unusual sex position okay can you see this yes I can see that should we describe it how would you describe that to everyone listening I would describe that as a highly advanced sex position (laughs) (laughs) and I wouldn't try it unless you have a lot of experience (laughs) being upside down (laughs) yeah so in this um in this image it is uh, a man and a woman but I'm guessing it could be with any gender really because it's yeah kind of like yeah 69 um it's an advanced 69 yeah, yeah. it's a standard version of a of a 69 yeah yeah so just literally imagine 69 lying down and just making that vertical so we have one person who stood up straight and then in this case it's the woman who sort of draped upside down on top of the man with her head in his crotch um so if her hands wrapped around his leg and um the man is giving her oral at the same time and her legs are sort of drooping over his shoulders yeah, so, I don't she know. looks like she's hanging on for dear life. Yeah, I would find that quite traumatising, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I would say that is definitely a reverse 69, but I would definitely put it in the advanced category. Yeah. <laughs> reverse meaning that they're not, lay- they're not laying down, they're standing up. So I would say that's like, I don't know, yeah, I 69 think- for the athletic and daring. Yeah, I mean, she's got to have some pretty strong... Course. absolutely yeah and and a lot of trust actually in him yeah because if she if dropped, he dropped her she would literally would fall on his head uh, fall on her head yeah and I guess he's got to have quite a strong if his sort of thigh is carrying most of her weight he's got to be 
quite athletic as well or she or whoever's the standing up person okay so you're gonna go with reverse 69 for the name I'm gonna go with standing strong 69 oh I like that um (laughs) I I just I don't want to be a cop-out and just say reverse 69 because technically you came up with that no you can say it that's cool thank you it's a joint effort yeah I mean yeah we'll see right let's see what this is Oh, we actually do get to see what, what it is. We do get to see what it is. And I've not opened it. It is, oh, the snake. Oh, okay. I can see that because she's sort of wrapped Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's a bit serpenty, isn't it? A bit windy. Yeah, I guess that's quite a, I'm going to say a sexy name. Maybe it's not. I don't know if sex, uh, snakes are particularly sexy. Hopefully he's got a good snake. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think none of the ones that I've seen so far I think I would realistically be able to do and I'm not sure I'd be able to do the snake either um yeah that did look quite advanced didn't it yeah maybe with some regular I don't know planks practice get get my core (laughs) um wow I think to be fair I think our answers were quite good to do because it is essentially a 69 position yeah it definitely was it should have been maybe called 69 snake or something yeah but no, it was, uh, I'll, I'll definitely keep that one in mind yeah. next time I'm active. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so going into sort of the main lot of questions now. So what does being a dominatrix involve? Obviously, we kind of know what it means in, in terms of, you know, being a more dominant figure and obviously with, with the title mistress. But yeah, nitty gritty, what does it actually mean? I think there's uh, a little bit of a misconception, actually, because I I do personally think that there's a stigma, still a stigma attached to the sex industry in whichever way that you work in it. Um, The title of a of a mistress has, I think, many kind of uh, it comes under a big umbrella and there's many different, you know, levels is probably the right word to use. There's extreme domination where you know and and mistressing where sessions which I don't actually practice but they can be you know actually quite violent and um you know they can mark people they can hurt people I personally consider myself more of a sensual dominatrix I mean a lot of customers that actually make it through the door that see me on a face-to-face basis come to me for that reason so I offer different services within sort of my my mistress umbrella but I think one of the main parts of the job is actually very very basic stuff in being able to communicate with people and actually understand their needs because at the end of the day they are still a customer Mm -hmm. they may have a fetish that doesn't necessarily turn me on but it's understanding how to play it out for them to give them you know, the best sort of half an hour or the best hour that they could really spend their money on, I guess. That's that's really, so it's sort of, not to sort of sound like I'm trying to be a psychologist or anything, but you definitely have to understand the mind of the man and what he's looking for. And I think once you can, once you can do that, so if I get, say for example, I get sent a scenario for a role play that they really want to try or they really want to play out, I would probably read it through, you know, several times before they actually arrive because I'm kind of invested into it as a job. So, you know, if somebody turned up and I'd forgotten what they'd asked me for or I wasn't really feeling ready for it, you know, I think 
preparing for what they need and understanding that the needs of the man are two like really really key things yeah so do you do you work is it only with men then that you work with yeah 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 it is I haven't actually I mean I, I would see a female if she wanted to come and have a session with me but it's definitely yeah a, a male um environment that, that I work in they're and looking for that that figure of the mistress uh in in many different formats so when you say like obviously you, you'll read everything beforehand become prepared to make sure you're sort of meeting their needs and, and their desires from the session mm. so when you begin working with a client or they reach out to you do they always come with something and say this is what I want you to do or like how do you agree on what's going to happen in the session so they might give me a scenario where they want to try something and for example I'll give you an example of water sports uh, being being something that I do offer as a face-to-face as -face service mm -hmm. so if they've never tried water sports before they might say you know I would like to do a role play where um I'm you're a, say a school mistress or something of this nature and I've come to you for detention and you you have to punish me and you know and then the session kind of goes on from there um so with the water sports I would make sure that I drink you know anything up to about two liters of water about an hour before they arrive so I'm actually busting for the toilet the whole way through the session and then right at the very end I would basically pee on them yeah um so it could be something basic like that where they would describe a role play that we play out and we go through a whole hour session and they might say you know i want to try um cbt which is uh, cock and ball torture um but then when they arrive i would say to them do you like pain because there's different levels so it it's not per se like a written contract that I have with somebody it's more like when they arrive I'll sit down and I'll say to them okay what have you tried before have you seen other mistresses you know how experienced are you and some of them will say well I have but I now want to go to the next level or they'll say I've never seen a mistress before I just want to try it be gentle with me and some of them are in relationships and they're married and they really don't want to be marked and they don't want to be hurt badly so you have to tailor it to their needs and basically don't go in at 100 percent sometimes people need warming up yeah they need to feel it first and then say yeah i can take more or no i, I don't like it so and that's that again comes with just because they've asked for it it doesn't mean to say that they're going to go through with it it could be that they think they want to try something and then they say you, you do it and then they're like actually no i don't like it so we can try and do something else. And that's where I think there's a skill that comes in where you have to be able to say, okay, well, why don't we try this instead? Or, you know, something of a slightly lesser punishment, I think is probably the right word. Yeah, for sure. Do some of them sort of have no clue on what they want to experience and, and it's sort of down to you to yeah. come up with the scenario? Yeah. Uh, quite a popular service that I offer is like um, priving them, uh, like tying them up, teasing them, and depriving them of uh you know being able to actually put their hands on me it's quite a, a highly sensual service actually that, that i offer and um it's it's a huge turn on for men to to be deprived sometimes which 
personally, I can't understand it because that's not something that I would want to pay for. But that's the whole thing. It's it's not really about me. You know, I'm I'm giving them something that 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 they're craving or that they're missing in their life, and that's what makes it very enjoyable as well. So, if they sort of said, "Look, I've never tried this before." you know, what can we do? Don't put any marks on me, but I'm willing to give a few things a try. Then I would most definitely start with a, a tie and tease kind of session where they're blindfolded. They may be, you know, tied at the hands, not necessarily tied at the legs as well. And I might use different instruments on their body. Uh, I mean, again, nothing's going to mark them or hurt them. It could be something that vibrates. Uh, and obviously where they can't see, you know, that in itself is quite a sensual I've got them in my control because they're tied. They can't see what I'm going to do to them, which builds anticipation. Yeah. And then you do certain things, which heightens the whole sort of erotic experience, I guess. Oh. That's probably the best way to describe it. And I guess it's also become in quite a vulnerable position because they're losing, they've lost some of their senses as well. Um, they've lost their senses and they've technically given me, given me the control over them for one hour. So, and that, again, the control thing can come in different formats. Like they, some guys, you know, actually do want you to put your hands around their neck. They actually want to feel like how strong I am. You know, they actually want me to put my arm in the crease of their neck and hold them down and, you know, really be quite sort of overpowering and tell them as well, tell them, you know, I am in control of you. You, you are the nothing here. I'm, I'm the boss. Uh, and they fully accept it. They fully accept it and embrace it. So, you know, kudos to them, really. <laughs> I wouldn't want me kneeling on my throat <laughs> or having my hands around my neck. Yeah, but I mean, it must be nice to, in some ways, feel so powerful, I guess. That must, do you enjoy that sort of feeling of power? Yeah, I mean, the first time, the first few times I did it, I was sort of thinking, oh my God, like you, you, I was definitely nervous. And I probably now, because I have a lot more confidence around what I'm doing, and you know, that comes with any job, not just this job. The more you do something, the better you get at it. And the, the more you, they see you as a professional when you can just take control and know exactly, you know, what to do and when to do it. So, yeah, I mean, it can be, still with some people, I, I, I go in a little bit, you know, under what they've asked, because I always think if you go in too much, you can't really take it back. Like if you, if you hurt someone, they'll lose trust. Mm. So you've got to, you've got to do it at a level that they can cope. And then that would be the only point where they would, I would give them the control to say, yes, you, you can go a little bit harder. Yeah. You know, I still have that respect for them as a person. You can't just beat the shit out of people just because you're a mistress and, and that's yeah. what they're paying you for. It's about enjoyment as well on, on both sides. Wow, yeah. It's a very interesting alternative job. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> I just like, I could sit here for hours and hours asking thousands of questions. Yeah, I know, that's what everybody says. They're like, oh my God, I've got like a million questions that I want to ask you now. <laughs> So let's say you've arranged a scenario or a role play session. Let's say, for example, the, the mistress, uh, school mistress one that you're talking about earlier. Do you then yeah. have certain rules that you give them? And if they break them, they get extra punishment or like if or if they suddenly try to be more dom like less submissive and more dominant back to you. Do you then like have to reestablish the control and, and punish them? Or is, is that is that would that always yeah. be? Yeah. 
had or does that come up as you go and you, you're like stop it I'm in control or whatever it's it's all like part of the role play I mean when they come in they're a normal person and you're like oh hi how are you you know have you been okay what have you been up to blah 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 they'll go and get themselves ready and I'll just be finished preparing the room or whatever and then I'll and then I'll say right okay we are going to start the role play now and again comes down to personality so you can be in the middle of a role play with someone and say something that's highly amusing and then if they were to laugh I would just be like deadpan oh wow like really like what's funny and I felt scared then that look on your face yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know but that's part of the role play yeah and that's the bit of it that they love and you know I rarely crack I mean I have got one customer that I've seen several times now and I sort of sometimes answer the door with a deadpan face and then he'll come in and he's like oh you can smile at me you know and then I just crack up start laughing but we haven't actually started yet but again that's building a relationship with someone and being able to you know have a personality around people Uh, so I am a normal person at the end of the day. Yes, I'm a mistress, but I'm I'm just a normal, you know, I'm a mother, a girlfriend, a daughter, a sister. I'm all those things as well. So I, I can be personable with people, but also get the job done. And I think that's yeah. that's why I get a lot of repeat business because yeah. they see that I'm a normal person as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, it makes you more relatable, but then also they're still getting, when the role play starts, they're still getting their fantasies met. Um, yeah, if they were to answer me back, in a way that I found sort of, God, what was it they used to say to me when I was at school? You're being insolent. Was it insolence? That's the word that I would say to them. Are you being like, are you being insolent to me? And uh, and they'll say something like, might be. And then I'll just be like, right. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't obviously smile when I'm doing it. And I will be dressed, you know, I dress like a bit of PVC, latex and that kind of stuff. So I've, sort of look the part as well it's, it's definitely not a half-hearted attempt yeah, at doing it a different yeah I, I really 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 do get into the role play I take it really seriously wow. so yeah, I really love it <laughs> so yeah that's so that's a couple of elements that that I would do another favorite which I do a, a huge amount of is is the strap-on okay. um so yeah that's another part of being a mistress is actually yeah I was going to ask do you um do you, do you have sex with the clients or is it more of the teasing? Um, so if you had a strap-on, would that be to penetrate them with? Yeah, so I would penetrate them with strap-on um, because, again, it's it's something that some a lot of men feel ashamed about, that they actually like um, anal play. Um, it's a shame that there's so much shame around it because there's the prostate there which gives them a lot of pleasure so it shouldn't it's, it's such a shame that- exactly and I think that it's a service that you know mo- most of them if not all of them definitely wouldn't ask their wives to do mm-hmm. that because I think their wives they they think their wives would be horrified at the thought you know in in some women's minds it, then they might think well is he gay mm-hmm. but really they're not they're not gay they just enjoy anal play you know it doesn't it doesn't actually mean anything bad um so to come to somebody like myself it puts them in a safe environment where they can definitely explore those fantasies and not feel silly or uh, unless they've asked me to humiliate them you know not feel silly or awkward it's it's very normal I could be like okay this is my strap on how big do you want to go 
yeah. you know it's all very open and people can say what they want to say there's no it's like a shame there's no life. limits yeah definitely 100 percent, 100 percent. i'd hate for someone to feel awkward in my presence mm. talking about something that they wanted me to do to them because they wouldn't enjoy it if they felt awkward exactly yeah and what so yeah. you said like you prepare the room so do, uh-huh. you, do you like hire out a room is it in your house that you you have this I don't know what, what you'd call it your... well most mistresses will work in what's called a dungeon environment again so even the name dungeon sounds absolutely terrifying and horrifying um but it is it's a place of um you know a place of mistress behavior mistress and submissive behavior um now because obviously of what's happened over the last year and everything it was becoming more and more difficult to use other people's dungeons um you know so I decided in the last lockdown that I was gonna rent uh, a place of work for myself um so that is that's what I've gone and done and I've invested in um a few more bits of equipment what I already had um I still do need to get a few more bits but I'm managing with what I've got so I'm kind of building the business as I go along but you, you do need specialist equipment to do it and I definitely wouldn't recommend you know anybody sort of going into it with their eyes closed because it is an investment what kind of equipment have you bought so I've bought various instruments that I would use to um inflict pain so my hand is one of them. I use a paddle. Um, I use a flogger, which is uh, like leather with tails mm-hmm. and like a firm handle. Uh, I've got a horse whip and I've got a cane as well. Uh, the cane is probably the one that will mark the most. Uh, it will put stripes on your ass quite quickly <laughs> and it really hurts. And those are sort of like the inflicting pain. I've got uh, like arm restraints, I've got a bondage rope. So I do um, bondage tie-in, which is called shibari. Uh, So again, that's another sort of erotic. It doesn't cause any pain, but it's restraining someone. So their hands are tied and they're completely in your control. What else have I bought? I've bought a water sports mat so that I can pee on people. It doesn't go all over the floor. Uh, I've bought uh, a torturous sort of cock case that I use um, for CBT, mm-hmm. so to basically lock their, their cock in it. A blindfold, strap-on, yeah, I've bought a strap-on. I've got a couple of different strap-ons. I've got lots of different dildos. I've bought uh, a prostate massager, and I'm looking at the moment to find like a proper bench to put people on to either flog them or peg them pegging is where you strap on them yeah yeah uh sounding as well I don't know if you've ever heard of that like they're basically metal rods that you put down the urethra of a man so basically they're pee hole and they come in different sizes so you can go from like two mil right up to like 10 or 20 mil that's another service that I do as well is there like a bed in there or is it all done? Yeah, so I bought a bed, um, which is like a normal, you know, it's a bed with a mattress kind of thing. And the room is 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 set up. So everything in there is very dark grey. And when I have clients in, I have like a just a candle lit and have the lights off so it's all very kind of dark but I wouldn't call it like a room of doom or anything it's a very welcoming environment where people can feel quite sort of you know warm and comfortable 
that's really the angle that I, that I go go with. So yeah, so I work out of an apartment. Uh, I've made that my my business and my place of work. And yeah, it's, it's super fun. It's it's super fun. So when did you get into being a dominatrix? And because I was just wondering, like the first time you had to inflict pain on someone, was that quite an empowering feeling, or did you have to sort of overcome sort of internalized, whether it's internalized stigma around it, or you know, guilt or worry or, or things like that? So the first time uh, I remember actually, it was somebody that booked me through webcam. And uh, I found a dungeon to go to in, in Kent. And oh my God, I was so nervous. I literally felt like a fish out of water. But do you know what? I've been really honest with him. Uh, he was quite a young guy. And actually when he turned up, he was young. He was really good looking and he was absolutely ripped. So he was, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. It was like almost, I felt almost like embarrassed for myself a little bit, but he knew that I was new. So, you know, he wanted to try things like, you know, being tied to a bed and being restrained and he wanted to try spanking and, and all that sort of stuff. So really the first time I did it, I was, in answer to your question, I was absolutely nervous as hell. Yeah. He helped to put me and make me more relaxed because he knew that I was that I was kind of new. And actually the guy that ran the dungeon, um, who's like an ex-Hells Angel, who'd been in the BDSM industry for like 42 years, he'd he'd helped to talk to me beforehand as well. And he'd, you know, sort of said, oh, don't worry about it. Just do this, just do this. And, you know, it, it sort of really helped to put my mind at rest. But yeah, really, really nerve wracking. And um, you know what, I have, I've made mistakes along the way. You know, if I could go back now and do some of the first 10 sessions that I ever did, would I do them differently? Probably yes, but only because I know what I know now. So yeah, it's like most things in life, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like with any job really, you know, you can look yeah. back and think, oh, I really did not know what I was doing then. But yeah, I mean, I learned uh, in a proper environment. Oh, I learned at the cool. London School of Dominatrix. Oh, uh, which is such a thing. It is actually a thing. It's a place. Oh. Yeah, so you can go and be taught by, um, you know, pro-doms and they have subs that they use at the school as well. And that, again, it's just a little apartment in London that you go to, but they've got all the equipment and they sh they, they taught me how to, uh, how to inflict pain, uh, which is called corporal punishment. So they taught me that. They taught me how to do the bondage tie. Uh, they taught me how to do, like, the CBT side of things. So I went and had a few lessons there because I thought, you know, you like any industry, you can't go into it and say that you do something when you've never been taught or shown. Exactly. So, you know, I took it quite seriously from the beginning. Yeah. And especially, I guess, when it comes to um, choking clients or, you know, the more serious sides, um, I'm guessing yeah. it's important to know how to do that correctly. Um, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, really. And, and hitting someone as well with a flogger. Like, you need to actually know how to hit somebody properly. Like, it's not just, a, you know, it's not this sort of thing. Like, there's actually a specific way that you need to move your arm and, and hit the body in a certain place. Like, you shouldn't hit people around, like, their vital organs um, and, and stuff like that. So it can be quite, you know, it can be quite dangerous if you're hitting somebody repeatedly. You do actually need to know how to do it properly. Otherwise, you could really hurt them. Uh, you know, not in a way that they want to be hurt as well. So when it sort of comes to the sort of a day in your life, uh, your day is quite varied. I'm sure it's been different due to the pandemic, but in a non-COVID time, what, what would your day to day, is it like a nine to five? Do you work unusual hours? 
Um, it's definitely not a nine to five job. Uh, I work for myself. I'm fully independent, so I can basically work whenever I want. Um, a day in the life is normally probably anything between sort of two and five bookings a day for mistress work. It's an industry where it's kind of difficult to to get upfront payments and stuff from people. So you have to accept that people are going to book you on the day in most cases um, and they're going to come along and they may obviously want to chat to you in advance um, about what they want to to get out of the session and you know sometimes I've gone and bought stuff before somebody's come because it's something specific that they've actually wanted me to wear so I've gone and got it so anything in advance is always good but normally it's just on the day and you'll get a message and it'll say you know are you free for an hour I want time tees uh, strap on poppers uh which is called like intox like forced intox um where they take poppers and so if you've got even just with that a, a small amount of information you can plan a session quite effectively um and so in between sessions uh, i may sort of switch on my webcam uh, i may do a little bit of webcam work take my dog for a walk so i'll take my pvc off uh, walk my little dog over the road to the park, um, you know, go to the supermarket, get food, you know, just really normal stuff that I sort of do in between sessions. And then, I, you know, I might have a, quite a long gap sometimes in between. It might be like one or two hours. So I might go and train in the gym um, and then get getting ready for the next session would be probably half an hour prior to it. Again, sort of reading through role play, making sure I've got everything, making sure I understand the role play. Do they want it to start as soon as they walk in the door? You know, that kind of stuff. And that's how the day goes on, really. So, yeah, I mean, the good thing about it is there's never two days the same. Yeah, ever. I imagine it's really varied. And most of the time you don't know what you're going to do that day. So, you know, you could do end up doing sort of three or four strap-on bookings in a day and not much else. Uh, other times it could be, you know, it could be all tie and tees. Other times it could just be all role play. You know, it really just is so varied and um, I think that's what makes it so different and exciting, really. When you're maybe you're doing a role play or working with a client, do you take any pleasure from it yourself? Like any sexual pleasure from the experience or or not really? Is it just? Uh, I wouldn't say that mistress bookings are specifically arousing for me. I think I enjoy the control part of it like I really really enjoy everything about it but it's not a turn on in the sense that you know having normal sex mm -hmm. for me would be um I certainly don't you know there's a difference between enjoying something and actually being aroused by it yeah. um so I enjoy the control I enjoy uh all of the activities that I do with people but it doesn't put me in a position where I would feel like I wanted to have an orgasm. I see, yeah. But it's hugely enjoyable and fun. And, you know, every time I do a mistress booking, it gives me more motivation to do more and learn more things. And, you know, I'm thinking now at the moment about what I'm going to learn next that I'll be able to offer mm -hmm. clients when they come to see me. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. It really is. You, um, if you don't mind me asking, so um, within your personal life, maybe even before you became a professional dominatrix, 
were you interested in the BDSM world in the subdom kind of relationships in the bedroom? Um, so before I came into the industry, I, I wouldn't have said that I was into BDSM at all. Um, I sort of fell into the sex industry through um, a life situation. Um, I became a mistress because of my work on webcam and the amount of people that were coming into the webcam and sort of saying, are you a mistress? Do you do this? Do you do that? And what is this mistress thing? Like, I didn't know about it. I genuinely didn't know about, you know, this type of relationship. I heard of BDSM, but I never practiced it myself. And so that was when I started looking into it and I started reading up on it and I started understanding like the relationship and the behavior uh, that goes on between obviously the mistress and the client. And then I sort of spurred myself on to go and have the lessons. And I really enjoyed the lessons so much. That was then when I started contacting dungeons and sort of saying, you know, could I be a resident here or use the space, rent it, whatever. Um, because I really kind of wanted to get into it. But naturally I found my own, I found my own way. Like I'm really good at being my own boss. So I've developed my own style and uh, I run it as, as a business, how I see that my clients enjoy my services. But in my personal life, I wouldn't say, I mean, don't get me wrong, like who doesn't like a bit of tie-in and a bit of spanking? Yeah. You know what I mean? When the time's right, but it's not uh, with sexual partners it's never been uh something that I've instructed them to do yeah do you have any like particularly like funny stories from from your uh time either as a cam girl or um when you've worked at face-to-face with clients obviously you said that there's a couple of times where you can't help but crack up but um are there any stories that particularly stand out as funny or unusual um oh crikey there's loads so um again this isn't necessarily like a mistress booking but what I did recently was somebody that had cams with me several times um over the time that I've been a camera and you know always the guys will say oh I really want to come and meet you I really want to come and meet you and most most of them obviously don't otherwise I'd be inundated um and this guy called me saw that my available light was on one day and he said uh I really want to come and experience this fetish with you. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, I want to wrestle you. So I was like, okay, I'm not a pro wrestler, but you know, obviously, you know, they can see that my physique is very strong, very dominant. I said, well, I've got a mat that I use like the water sports mat. So if you want, we can, we can use that. And he was like, can I just smother you in baby oil? and just wrestle you for like an hour (laughs) and then you pee on me I was like yeah winner (laughs) so that was one that was quite recently so uh he turned up and uh I put like a little sort of sort of g-string thing on with a little bra top and you know sort of got my flexing got my flexing muscles on and then we literally I put some baby oil with some water onto the mat and I mean he was a big guy don't don't misunderstand me here but he was like well maybe in excess of six foot he was uh he was quite a size (laughs) and I wrestled him and I did things like locking in between my legs like my thighs so that my thighs are really tense so really the bottom line is that he loved muscles 
and he wanted me to sort of tense and squeeze him and yeah he wanted to just feel like my pure raw strength on his body so that's what we did oh that sounds quite fun (laughs) and and he paid me for the privilege of that so yeah it was it was really fun I've done tickling fetishes before where people just want me to tickle them for a sort of 45 minutes or an hour that was a new one on me I didn't realize that was a fetish um and yeah there's uh, there is an element of customers that are sort of kind of in awe of the fact that I have kept myself in such good shape over the years and they just literally want to come and touch my muscles which again I find a bit like well you actually want to pay me just to touch my muscles and but they do so yeah I mean that's yeah, a great way to earn money like that's amazing absolutely yeah it's uh it's I'm not gonna say like it's easy money because no. some sessions especially when there's a lot involved in the sessions uh they can be very uh they can be very mentally intensive yeah and I'm concentrating a lot of the time it must be tricky as well if you're having um just a difficult day and generally maybe something's gone on in, in your personal life but you're still having to give a service and and sort of you know fulfill a role whereas you know if I was having at my sort of in my job if I was having a bad day I could just sort of be grumpy all day and not talk to anyone but you're yeah you know, I guess you have to put a lot of that aside your personal things aside to get into a role which I can imagine being quite mentally taxing as well on certain days yeah and you know what I'm a really conscientious person as well like I really you know these people are paying for this service and to me you know I I feel really grateful that people think you know that I'm a great mistress and they want to come and see me and they want to keep coming back and see me so I'm very you know conscientious in, in the respect that I want them to always leave happy and fulfilled no matter what we've done I always want them to feel like they've had the best you know their money has been so well spent that they will come back and spend it again um and for me that rather than me having an orgasm in a mistress session for them leaving happy really that like for me that's like that's that's perfect that's 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 a great day when somebody leaves happy and then they message me afterwards and say literally like that was the best experience I've ever had in seeing a sex worker that for me that's like that's the icing on the cake so yeah gives me a lot of confidence a lot more confidence to keep going and you know stay motivated with it sure and I do I do get those messages as well which is really really nice yeah it must be so nice just like reiterating like why you're doing it and and that you're really good at it clearly yeah and they you know they have they put a lot of trust in me as well as a mistress you have to trust someone if you're going to let them put their hands on you sure. uh, in, in any sense of the words you know it doesn't matter whether it's this or fitness or or doctors nurses whatever it is like you have to have trust in someone yeah. and in this industry you know you you're meeting someone for the first time and they they've got to trust you as soon as they walk in the door so yeah it's uh it's it's um very fulfilling in that way for me just to wrap up, uh, we usually finish yeah. with a false game. So I've got a couple of statements and you just need to tell me if you think they are true or false. So according to FetLife in 2014, 35% of their users identified as a dom or a master or mistress. True. Correct. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> That, that really is me as well. Um, True. Yeah. <laughs> well, <I'm right. laughs> um, 
Next statement, men express their desire to be dominated more than women. Mm. I think that's true as well. It's actually not, it's false, but there's not a huge difference. Um, it's uh, 20, um. <laughs> so according to this study, 20% of men have a desire to be dominated and 26% of women. So it's really not that big. Okay, it's not that big a difference then, yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, the third one is quite specific. Um, there's actually, there's a big lack of research into the BDSM community in general. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is 40% of Belgians said that they participated in some form of BDSM activity in their lives. True. Yeah. 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 That's nearly half. Yeah. yeah. I guess when you say a BDSM activity, that can range from light yeah. spanking to having your bum smacked. Yeah. To more extreme stuff. Um, yeah. You got, you got two out of three there. Pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know my stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Would you mind just sharing? Thank uh, you for having me. Oh, no worries. It's been, I feel like I've learned so much. Would you mind just sharing? Um, where listeners can find out more about you and your work, your social handles. Yeah, okay. So I, uh, my my name on the adult work platform, so that's adultwork.com, is uh, Miss Sandy Star, And I am available for face-to-face bookings through uh, my own website, which is mistress-star.co.uk. Uh, the the website is uh, always been sort of is under construction at the moment, but the inquiry form is still available. Uh, I do have OnlyFans, however, the OnlyFans feed is predominantly for the kind of milf side of me, like more the webcam um, side of things, and so you'll find you know lots of naughty videos and pictures on on my OnlyFans um, rather than my dominatrix work. I've kind of kept the two things separate because they don't really amalgamate that well. Yeah, some people want you for BDSM, some people want you as a MILF. Mm-hmm. Um, so that comes more from the sort of cam side of things. And yeah, that's that's basically where you can find me. So mistress-star, adultwork.com or OnlyFans, I am Mistress Sandy Star. Amazing. Thank you so much. And yeah. Thank you for having me, Sophie. I really enjoyed chatting to you today. I just, I feel like, like I said, I, I don't <laughs> You've got more questions, I, haven't I, you? I, I, <laughs> I, but thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome.